It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, October 11th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is really mad. We got to wait another day for the Flyers roster to come out. Everybody else knows, except for us. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with the brilliant Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on our episodes, the latest Flyers news, all that good stuff. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. Get those mailbag questions in. On today's show, we are going to talk about the latest from training camp, the latest cuts and waiver news, but no roster yet. We'll get to why in a little bit, and we'll check in with the Phantoms. Their preseason is underway and some interesting developments uh, there as well. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we are over on YouTube. So search for Locked On Flyers and subscribe there as well. Russ, uh, I was hoping at this very moment we could look at a list of names and say, yes, that is this is the Philadelphia Flyers for 2022-23 and figure out how they did it with the cap and figure out who's really injured or not. We do not have those answers. And unfortunately, it looks like we will not be getting that list until today. Now, I think, you know, technically it's it's okay. Apparently they have to get something approved through the league. And it's really only the teams that have those earlier games that have to lock down their rosters officially uh, to be able to play their opening night games. The Flyers just happened to start their season a, a day or two later than most other teams. But, but what if they didn't? Yeah, I know. Well, that's... I think I worry about things like that where it Cause this seems, seems unplanned. Like, Can we at least say that whatever hap- is happening here seems very unplanned. Yeah. Because it seemed like they were doing all the right things in the last few days in terms of putting people through waivers, sending people down mm-hmm. to the phantoms. And uh, you know, we heard kind of in terms of who won the battle between Hayden Hodgson and Jackson Cates seems like mm-hmm. it's Hayden Hodgson because Jackson mm-hmm. Cates was sent down to the Phantoms. They were confused even about whether or not he had to go through waivers. He does not. He Correct. is waiver exempt this year. And so that was kind of my first hint that they didn't know what was going on is that they didn't understand, or at least the communication side of things didn't know that Jackson Cates uh, did not have to go through waivers. It's not going smoothly. Like we could say that it's not. And if it were, then everything would be worked out already, but it's not. So whatever this paperwork snafu is, whatever this contract snafu is, injury snafu, it's not going smoothly. Yeah. And in addition to Jackson Cates getting sent down to the Phantoms, we learned that Zach McEwen and Cooper Marity cleared waivers. So they're assigned to the Phantoms, but 
then that gives me second thoughts that maybe Zach McEwen is one of these paper transactions that got he got sent down just so that they were cap compliant. And then because of an injury, he was going to be back up on the main roster. I mean, it could be. I, I don't think it's, you know, 100 percent, but I, I would not put them past them. No, past I mean, them, right? there is a possibility of that. Sure. There is a possibility. Yeah, and there's still just so many injury questions. And, you know, we talked about them yesterday, and none of them have been answered to this point. We don't. Well, and now to really muddy it up, like Cam Atkinson's back in camp and ready to go. Like Torts is feeling good about him going. And so that, you know, that's causing a cap problem. Yeah, it, it could be. And, you know, this statement on Atkinson from Torts was that he had some personal business to attend to, but he was working with a trainer uh, who he knew well in Columbus and that everything was going to be OK. But, you know, we really haven't seen him uh, do any serious hockey since day one of practice for training camp. And so I, I feel like that to me is the biggest question, not just for the roster itself, but for the cap situation attached to it. Right. Because, you know, apparently LTIR doesn't kick in the minute the season kicks in. So you have to sort of adjust for that. I'm not a cap expert. I can't tell you all the answers. I just hear bits and pieces and put it together for the show. You know what I mean? So uh, you could study the cap for a long time and still not really know it. There are guys that, you know, they're are real experts with it. Uh, That's why but, we love cap friendly and we yeah. are forever grateful. <laughs> yeah, And even they don't get it 100% right all of the time. And they're getting it from other people too, right? And so, mm -hmm. yes, we do appreciate cap friendly. But in the end here, um, with him like that, with Couturier maybe being closer than we thought, um, there's cap problems. And then there's also roster spot problems. Because when you see that a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to go with 19 players to start the season to alleviate their cap problem, well, now we could definitely envision the Flyers going a few players short to do that. And if they do that, then there's going to be some roster spots that we thought might be filled by young players that probably aren't going to. But it's all speculation because we have no information on anything. Yeah. And, you know, just going on the base salaries and what the cap is and knowing that the only salary that doesn't count toward the cap is going to be, you know, Ryan Ellis, as mm -hmm. we think, just mm -hmm. based on, you know, what we're just talking about with Sean Conturier, you know, he could be back in a couple of months and, they don't want to LTIR him just in case he's ready sooner. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with Atkinson, his salary is going to count against the cap as well. I think that, you know, it's really tight right now. We're about, you know, a million and a half hitting the cap. If everybody who's injured salary right now has to go up against the cap, uh, not including Ellis. But if you have to include Ellis to get through it, then, you know, I think that we could be looking at like a 19 man roster situation and paper transact people just to make it work before you put them on LTIR. Then I think at that point, the Flyers are going to be OK, that they'll be about a million and a half, uh, 1.6 under the cap if things go according to what we think they will be with maybe one spare forward maybe and then one spare defenseman and and that's, that's logical 
Yeah, I think that's really where we're at right now when it comes to the cap and who's going to be on the roster. But like whatever math gymnastics they have to do to get to the point where they can put Ellis on LTIR, that's the big worry to me. So now here's the thing. Let's go with the defense for a minute. If that's the case and you really only have one extra defenseman, honestly, then I have to send Zamula and and uh, Adderd to Lehigh, and I'll just mm-hmm. call up Connaughton and let him be in the press box every night because it's not going to do the kids any good being in the press box every night. Now, Nick Sealer is going to be in the press box every night, like you said, then that solves the problem, but I just don't get the feeling that's happening. Yeah, we talked about that yesterday, but yeah. I, I really think that's where that's going, that Sealer yeah. is going to be on that bottom pairing, and uh, because of the cap compliance, they'll just send Adderd and Zamula back down to Lehigh Valley for the time being until whatever cap situation is sorted or somebody gets hurt. And like, right. you hate to see that be the reason I know. why, but I guess that's the nature of the game. Of course that, uh, you know, call-ups happen because guys get hurt all the time. But I think, you know, especially with Farabee back in as well, that's another 5 million yep. on the forward side of things. So that's kind of where we're at. And it's like this big mystery box of what, this situation is right yeah see this is where um when you're not a great team if you had some cap space it makes a big difference for what you can do and how you can plan all of a sudden planning goes out the window when you're just trying to match up salaries here yep and development goes out the window as well it does you know what is the right path for some of these players either to get to the nhl or to succeed in the nhl and uh, just the way that Torts has been talking, I think that point specifically is something that's been frustrating him, that he's sort mm-hmm. of like throwing up his hands with the roster and be like, just give me whatever roster you can give me and I'll figure something out, right? It does feel that way because I know, um, I think it was Bill Meltzer that reported he stopped practice today because he didn't like the way it was going with with some uh, gameplay situations. So not enough uh, grit in the corner and tough play and all that. And it's like, Okay, I mean, I get it, but we're literally a day before the season starts. So, again, I'm going to still beat the drum that he should have been coaching the whole time, maybe just not one game. So then maybe the system would have sunk in quicker than this. And maybe they would have put the systems in, like he said, actually in the preseason and not in practice because you didn't have time to do it in the preseason. You know what I mean? Like it just, none of this has been smooth. Uh, I hate to imagine what's going on behind the scenes there, but uh, (laughs) obviously lots more to speculate on again, because we don't have a roster and we don't know. Uh, We'll talk about how this affect what lines could be put together for lines. What lines? Listen, (laughs) we have to start somewhere, right? Yes. All right, we will do that after we hear about our friends at Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor, ready, delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Covered in chocolate, that's right, Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are the only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. 
Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It'll be the perfect treat, or you could find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. What's great about Built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits, eating something that tastes good and is good for you. You are going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for a workout, a late night treat, or you just want to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Russ, we saw some lines in practice yesterday that could be something that Torts is trying out, although based on what we just said, that he was dissatisfied, maybe he'll put things in a blender again. Yeah. But uh, I think it's worth talking about it because there's some interesting uh, things to note here first off uh we did already know that noah cates was going to get shifted to center we talked Mm -hmm. a little bit about that yesterday that Mm -hmm. um noah just wants to do whatever he's told to do and and he can play the position um we've said that he i think would thrive better on the wing but uh will play center and i think he'll be a good soldier here on that front so it's looking like he'll he'll be at 3c which puts hayes as the 1c obviously and then frost as 2c and then uh tanner lazinski of course winning that 4c slot with a, a really good camp performance yeah so lazinski i think is safe uh because 4C is 4C, and he's sort of built for that position. We talked about Hodgson yesterday taking that um, right-wing role on the fourth line, so that that seems normal. Mm-hmm. But again, let's say Couturier is not coming back right away. Um, then I think Frost is safe. If Couturier is back, Frost is in trouble. Like, he's in deep trouble. And if Couturier and Atkinson are back, then Hodgson's in deep trouble because then Allison probably goes to the fourth line. So that's sort of the way I, I see it imagining. This is like a best case, worst case scenario almost, right? It's hard to explain. <laughs> exactly. One of the things that I thought was interesting was that it was sort of implied that that fourth line with Lazinski and Delorier and Hodgson on the wings is a fourth line that Tortorella wants to try out. And he sees some potential there and wants them to get used to playing with each other, build chemistry and mm-hmm. see what they can do with their physicality. But, you know, the, they have some shots there as well. So the, I'm not saying they're going to be dynamic, but I'm saying they do know how to shoot the puck uh, on that line. It's already better than last year if they can do that. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I don't have a problem with that. The problem is that if that locks the fourth line in, so you have Hayes with Lawton and Konechny on the first line, Frost centering JVR and Wade Allison on the second line, and Kate centering Joel Farabee, who's like coming back. So I can understand why they wouldn't put him on the top line right away. That makes total sense. Uh, and tip it there. Cam Atkinson is apparently ready to play. Where Who comes out? I, I think what most likely happens is... Lawton all of a sudden goes to center. Atkinson goes to that top line, left wing. And then Frost either gets a wing position here, but he would be on the fourth line or Hodgson. And then that's where you worry no, but about the torch. fourth line is locked. So there's nowhere to go. 
Yeah, right? that's true so, too. I mean, you said it was locked, but I don't know. Is it really locked? I know. I don't know. It's it's going to be tough, but I mean, I would worry about Frost's job at that point. Yeah, I think that that's really what happens is that things get shifted and maybe Frost is the one that sits because he wants to put Wade Allison and Owen Tippett in. Like, right. I really feel like that's something that he's uh, really prioritizing is to give those yeah. two guys a chance. And despite Frost having a solid camp, you know, the way that Torres has talked about him doesn't instill confidence, right? No, so, it sounds like he's a guy that he doesn't know, even though he knows him. Right, which is so weird. It's so weird. I've but, never heard a coach say this, by the way. Yeah, Especially I think at the end of it's camp. really unfortunate, right? Yeah. Because you would think that if you're going to lock in that fourth line, which again, I don't agree with if this is your situation, because I definitely think you would sit Hodgson and put Allison on that fourth line. I think that's the right thing to do. But, you know, I, I just can't imagine not giving Frost the, the chance. I can't but either. But it could I happen. Think, it definitely could happen. And it would be very unfortunate because he's really earned it. Uh, I feel he's earned it completely. Uh, again, the problem, you know, the thing is Lawton can play center and it's an easy fix taking Lawton off that top line and say, all right, look, you get second line center now. I mean, uh, that's really the right way to go. And it's so frustrating. And again, you know, Russ, you are, uh, I think, infamous on this show for saying we're rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that uh, in, in some ways, this is another case of that, but just from a different perspective of, you know, at least, you know, last season when they were doing that, it was because there were no answers. This feels like, it, it there's like subterfuge here where we there are answers we just don't know what they are and so we're left to speculate and be confused because we don't understand the underlying I mean, it's a strategy. game of jenga for us at least mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it really is and i think it's just a little easier but not much for torts like i do feel for him in a way because he can't control uh the bad cap situation he can't control the injuries. And so, and he's a guy that, you know, we'll put on the blinders and do a good job, but um, I have to believe at this point, he underestimated how bad a cap space or cap trouble they could be in when he took over. That's just my feeling based on the way he talked then and is talking now. Yeah. I, I really feel like he is very frustrated and he's doing everything he can to deflect and also be cagey at the same time so that he can at least at some point, if something goes right, he can be like, aha, I knew it all along. And this was the plan all along. Right. But at this point, he's just trying to keep all his cards close to the chest so that uh, he can have the most flexibility possible and have the most explanations possible, which I don't blame him. I honestly do not blame him because this is a very difficult situation he's in. I think and... it's the biggest challenge of his career. Mm-hmm. I, I don't underestimate that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I honestly feel for the guy in this situation and, you know, anything he does is going to be drawn from his years of experience, which I appreciate. 
but at the same time uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be difficult <laughs> like i'll give you a watch. scenario like this is a scenario that popped in my head let's say you know atkinson's in there they get through this whole thing and in two weeks you know there's a knock on the door and sean couturier goes they've cleared me i'm ready well then what are you gonna do you're gonna have an 18 man roster <laughs> No, I mean, you know, you know, I mean, the the Ellis money will have kicked in, but right. Still, there's still not room there. No, not a lot. No, they have to do something. So that's where I think frustration might set in for him. Yeah, I think uh, on the defensive side, it's pretty much clear what's going to happen. We talked about it in the first segment. But if Zamula or Adderd were to get the slot, which do you think it would be? I think Samula at this point, um, simply because he is a little faster, and I think he um, he plays at this speed a little better defensively. I think Adderd's great offensively, and he's in the you know the flow and everything with that. But we saw you know in some of the preseasons with Adderd getting back and doing puck retrievals, and you know he was getting a few penalties because he wasn't getting back there quick enough on defense. I think I agree with you in terms of what should happen. I just feel like maybe that fight Adderd got in. Yeah. Could put him over the top with it could. but I don't know. Again, we don't know. We'll find out today. At some We're just point. guessing, folks. I guess. But uh, there's a bunch of guys that got sent down to the Phantoms. They had their first preseason game. So we are going to talk about that coming up next. So Russ, we have uh, the Flyers opening up their season this Thursday. The Phantoms open up their regular season on October 22nd and 23rd. They're doing a a series against the Cleveland Monsters. And so they're getting their uh, team together and made some assignments over the last few days. Uh, They released Jonathan Lemieux, the goaltender, as well as Tyler Wall from their tryout contracts, uh, skater Ty McSorley is no longer with the organization and so he had gotten a tryout with the flyers as well and uh we talked about them sending mason millman to reading again which were just like why what are we doing here uh but they did play a preseason game this past weekend against hershey they won two to one uh tyson forster scored as well as jordy bell reeve which is uh, yeah, and Bell Reeve was uh, short of the Gordie Howe hat trick by an assist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had the goal and a fight in the game, but I think he had a really good game overall, and I think he'll be a, a solid contributor to the Phantoms. I think he's just like a perfect AHL level guy that can score goals every now and again. But he'll yeah. be that one of those tough guys as well. So I'm really glad he'll be on the team. Yeah, same here. And you know, a guy like Forster should lead the team in goals. Yep, so it was good to see him get off to a really good start uh, scoring in that game. And I also really appreciate that Wyatt Wiley had secondary assists on both goals, uh, really took a big step forward last season. Yeah, I we thought. talked about and, that a lot. We were happy at the end of the year with him. He was really one of the players that we felt like actually developed. Yeah, so it's good to see him be an active part of scoring for the Phantoms. It's going to be really important for them to score a lot of goals. I I think much like with the Flyers, uh, 
I think that their offense suffered a lot last season. Their special teams suffered a lot last season. And, you know, Phantoms were uh, 0-4 on the power play <laughs> in this game. Still but it's the, it's the early preseason, so I'm going to cut them a little bit of slack on this one. Once we you hit have the regular to see season. improvement at some point. Preseason yeah. is the time to actually see improvement. Uh, we also uh, saw Lappy switch up the lines throughout the game just to try different things out. It wasn't because mm-hmm. things were going bad. They, the team was playing well overall, and they, they played really well defensively in that game. And so I really liked the combination of uh, Cal O'Reilly with Ollie Lixel and Tyson Forster. I think that's a really solid combo with Cal kind of being the backstop of that line, giving Lixel and Forrester a chance to shine. And I think that's a really solid group that I would like to see a little bit more this season. Yeah, I agree. That could really be a nice line. Um, Lixel had a really good camp. I mean, I think he Mm -hmm. could play at the NHL level some sort of role. So if he starts, you know, piling up a lot of points here he's going to make a very tough decision for the flyers at some point on what to do with him because he's a little bit older and you know teams are going to scout him and teams are going to want him i mean that's you know that's that's just going to be a fact so uh, i think this is good for Lixel, and I, I expect them to have a really good year I do too. And man, it would be awful if you were trade bait but i certainly understand it could be though yeah, no, I certainly understand why they would do it because he is that guy and, and has a lot of potential. So uh, looking forward to his season on the Phantoms. Uh, Pat Nagel played in net, really solid uh, for the first two periods. Uh, Tyler Wall, who's no longer with the team, played the third. But it looks like for now we have Pat Nagel, uh, Troy Grosnick, and Nolan Meyer are the three goalies. They're going to rotate, at least for now. We'll see if one of them, uh, probably Meyer, I guess, would be sent down to Reading. But uh, I certainly hope that there's some room here because who knows what's happening with Felix Sandstrom and then what happens with Urson. So, and again, is, we don't this know. This is, again, affecting goalie development mm-hmm. for the organization. Now, again, Sandstrom's injury did so- had something to do with that. But, again, if he gets robbed – because of injury of a certain amount of games this year and Urson's playing backup and maybe Torts doesn't want to use Urson that much early on because, you know, even though he never gave up a goal, doesn't fully believe in him, he could you know fall into the Anthony Stellar's um, pit where he was up, What I, I think he was like eight games or something and never got in a game, right? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Was that with Dave Haxtell? I think that was with Dave Haxtell, right? think so it, it, i don't think it started with hackstall but i think it finished with yeah. hackstall but uh yeah at least he got some quality time with the ducks so yes i i appreciate that he got at least some nhl playing time uh when he could but yeah uh, there's another preseason game on wednesday versus wilkes-barre scranton so we'll see with the new guys that they've added since then and um obviously with who winds up on the flyers there's gonna be more more is coming yes more uh turmoil well turmoil is the wrong word but more change here's what i think is gonna happen i think players are gonna be there before we even hear about it for this next game. Yeah, they're because... just going to like show up at practice and yeah. be like, oh, that's who got cut. Right. I really feel like we're, we're that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, we did a lot of speculating 
today uh, on the show, and hopefully we'll have a roster to talk about uh, on tomorrow's show with the, nice. the last the, the last few notes. We're also going on tomorrow's show going to talk with Trey Matthews of Locked on Devils, our last Metro crossover episode, uh, our opponent for opening night. We got uh, some really good intel from him, so we'll bring that to you as well. Uh, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. Man, I did not expect to hear the name Ville Leno this season, but we did. Uh, he has partnered with the Flyers on a merch collab uh, for the Cap and Collar, which is the retail store on the club level. Got some fancy clothes coming out. Uh, really sweet uh, 80s, 90s style bomber jacket that I really like, but uh, Billy Leno, man, always came in clutch at the randomest moments, but then like didn't produce at all the rest of the time. <laughs> I think he like did when this with, I was going to say, I think he did this with the Sabres money. Yeah, he probably did. But uh, some good times with Billy Leno, because uh, like when he did good things, they were really good things. Uh, clinched a playoff spot for the Flyers one year with a shootout goal. That was really cool. So love to see Billy Leno back uh, partnering with the Flyers. Uh, that'll do it for today's show. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily NHL podcast. Have a great day, everyone.